You're about to listen to a previously recorded podcast valued by growth junkies everywhere. Enjoy. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. These are the four dimensions of human health. This is where growth happens, and it's addicting. Welcome to the Growth Junkies Podcast. Well, welcome to the Growth Junkies Podcast. I'm your host, Kent Del Husay, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Ben Boast. Ben, you want to say hi to the Growth Junkies? Hi, Growth Junkies. It's great to be back with you again. I'm very excited about what's coming up here. Yeah, yeah, we're both excited. Um, we are picking up on our last podcast where we shared our stories. So if you want to know more about us personally, you can go back and listen to those and hear kind of where we come from and right. why we care about this. And we also talked a little bit about um, what a growth junkie is. Um, you know, a growth junkie is basically somebody that really wants to grow, is really interested and in growing in all phases. You know, so we talk about physical growth, we talk about intellectual growth and mental growth and spiritual growth and emotional growth. Well, we care about all that. And right. we're inviting anybody to come along with us who wants to be a growth junkie. So if you want to be a growth junkie, follow along with us, come along with us on our journeys. We talk about various topics that relate to growing. And so we really want to help you. We want to grow personally and we trust that you want to grow personally. And so we're going to do our best over the coming podcast to talk about relevant subjects that we think will be helpful to you. So we wanted to begin this whole thing uh, by talking about something that um, I think everybody's somewhat interested in, but it can be boring. It's the issue of learning <laughs> and education. Uh, we believe there's a value in learning. And so here's the thing about the Love and Transformation Institute that we want you to know. Uh, ben and I co-founded the Love and Transformation Institute, and it is a bit of an educational institution, though it is nothing like a traditional one. Right. So we don't like give degrees and we don't have classrooms. We don't have a brick and mortar building. And yet we're really interested in learning. Right. So everything we do, everything we create is about helping other people learn and grow. And so we have various resources we create. We have events that we put on. Mm -hmm. uh, we meet with people and do leadership training. And so we do lots of things with learning, but we're not a traditional educational institution. And so we come at the value of learning a bit differently, maybe than a lot of other traditional places do. Sure. And so Ben and I are going to talk today about the value of learning and the importance of it. And so we're kind of tracking with a, a book that we produced, a workbook. We call it a personal development experience, and it's called The Four Dimensions of Human Health that we released back in May of this year. And uh, it's available on Amazon, and you are welcome to get yourself one and kind of follow along as we talk about these subjects. And today... Uh, what we're going to talk about comes out of our introduction. We, we, we open up this personal development experience with a quote, actually, from Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, in a speech that he gave at Morehouse College back in 1948. And so Martin Luther King uh, had something really important to say to college students about what real education is. And so uh, I want to share this with you and kind of frames what we're going to talk about here today. And here's the quote from MLK. He said that the function of education is to teach one to think intensively and to think critically. But education, which stops with efficiency, may prove the greatest menace to society. The most dangerous criminal may be the man gifted with reason, but no morals. We must remember that intelligence is not enough. Intelligence plus character, 
That is the goal of true education. So Ben, what do you think about that quote? Well, I think it's that that last piece of intelligence and character both uh, being present is the most important thing that we could discuss to frame this entire conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, for me personally, I'm I'm very uh, interested as well as uh, looking forward to opening up this introduction for folks. This is really the the the, the frame and the structure and the bones to what is behind the four dimensions of human health. And I think intelligence plus character is essential. Like we can't just stay in our minds with information. It has to translate into something. And and really the truth of learning is everything we're learning is translating into action in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are either intentionally acting upon what we know or sometimes unintentionally acting upon it. Right. And so I think it's important that we that we peel back the layers. And especially in a day and time where there's so much information that comes at us in various ways. How are we interacting with those things? What are we actually learning? You know, before we went on the air, we were talking about, uh, is it harder today to actually learn something hard? You know, like I think about in my past of being a professional golfer and and working through all the process of, of learning everything I needed to do, do over a period of many years. It was hard, mm. a, a, very, a very intentional effort in a specific direction for a long time. Mm. And I just wonder if our society and culture today continues to lend itself towards that or less. If we're more of an instant society, instant culture, the way we interact with information. Mm -hmm. I think as much as I'm a growth junkie, I think I'm an information junkie and fact junkie as well. Like Mm. I'm always trying to figure out what things mean and what's behind them. And so that can can be detrimental, Mm -hmm. especially where information is so readily accessible and easy. You know, you just go look it up, and it, right. the answer is right there for you on Google. Mm-hmm. If right. it's not given to you at the top, mm-hmm. you just scroll down a couple, hit a website, and you got what you need. Wasn't that movie? Was it Goodwill Hunting, where the, he talked about getting a Harvard education by going to the library? <laughs> right. I mean, you could you yeah. could really these days access anything online, and so all yeah. this information is readily available out there, and yet not all of it is useful. Right. A hundred percent. So you got to filter all that stuff, and yes. so just because it's out there doesn't mean you're going to get educated. So you know the difference between providing an education and actually getting one. Yeah. (laughs) Providing an education is like, we're going to share a bunch of information, write a lot of books, put you in a classroom, give you a lot of tests. Get grades. Grades. You know, and how many of you, I have a question for our audience out there, honestly. Can you think of something that you learned maybe in school that you never actually used in life? (laughs) Yeah. So like, for example, how about parallelograms, right? Okay. Parallelograms. Those were kind of fun learning, you know, geometry. Have you ever used a parallelogram like in life? No, I haven't. You know what would have been useful is learning about taxes. Like teach me how to do my taxes. Things that we need. Relevant information, right? And yet so much of the education out there that we've experienced is a lot of somewhat useless information, a lot of facts. I'm sure there's somewhere somewhere there's somebody who would say that a parallelogram is really important. Probably. Math professors, right? (laughs) (laughs) So there there are uses for these things. But in most of our lives, I think there's a big distinction that we all know is there between information and understanding. So education and learning. And so in our book, actually, we purposely chose the word learning, right? Mm, Yes. We chose learning because you can get a lot of information and not learn anything. Correct. You can can sit in a classroom and listen to a talking head and have all kinds of important things spoken to you, but you may not actually absorb it. 
Yeah. Right. So so the, the term that we use a lot is that education really is about integration. Yes. And Ben, what's integration? Yeah. So the way I, I would say it a lot is information plus integration equals transformation. Mm-hmm. Like we can't just have have facts. Right. You know, that's like kind of staying in your brain. It's got to move its way into into life in a purposeful way. That's integration. It's asking the questions and reflecting upon how is what I'm learning actually going to make a difference in my life? Is it valuable? Do I need it? Will it produce transformation? Or And, and what is it designed to do? Mm-hmm. How do I put it into action? Right. Versus just staying in a position of going, okay, I'm going to collect a bunch of things that I can maybe talk about at a, a dinner party or have, you know, answer trivia questions or whatever. Information's great, but mm-hmm. information needs to be used. Right. And so that is the point of integration is making sure that it translates into living all of life and how it affects our character mm-hmm. or in a positive or negative way. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we gain information and learn things that aren't necessarily helpful for us. Right. So integration, I mean, you're going to hear us talk a lot about that yeah. um, in these podcasts because it's a word that really, you know, in, <laughs> integrates into everything we talk about. You know, integration, I mean, you kind of know what that means probably, but it's like assimilation. It's it's taking something and mixing it with something else. It's taking information and making it useful or relevant to real life situations. And so we're really into practitioners, you know, here. Yes. We love practicing what we're talking about. So a lot of this is about taking ethereal concepts and ideas and bringing them into everyday living in useful ways. And so uh, learning is is so critical and integrating what we're learning into our lives is essential if we want to change and we want to grow. And so there's a lot that's out there, but we really want to center in the things that will actually help us grow, actually help us live better lives, do better in life. And so um, I'll never forget, I remember reading something, and I want, Ben, you to reach in on this and tell us more about it. But learning, um, I've come to appreciate, is, is more about awareness than it is mm-hmm. about knowledge. Yeah, good word. And so the word awareness really describes, you know, my process. I... I imagine our, our listeners are probably wondering, well, who are these guys? Are they even educated themselves? <laughs> and, you know, so, yeah, I mean, we, I come from an educated background. I, my family's really into education. You know, my brother's a professor, mm-hmm. you know, he's got his PhD. My father ran a graduate school for many, many years, and he has a doctorate. Um, I have a doctorate even. And so I, gosh, my education is in journalism. Uh, I have an undergrad in journalism. I have a master's in communication. I have a doctorate in philosophy, and I have postdoctorate training in coaching. So I've spent a lot of years in school. I think I calculated the other day. I, I finished twenty second grade. <laughs> that is a lot of time in school. Twenty second grade. Is there even a twenty second grade? There is. I was in it. <laughs> I guess. You, were you the only one? No. No. <laughs> There's there, been plenty of others. There are people worse than me <laughs> yeah. who have like fourteen degrees. You know, perpetual students. You they know, call them never, lifelong learners. Lifelong learners who never want to finish school. <laughs> I, I was one until like in my 30s. And so I, I have lots of schooling. I have lots of formal education. But I shared my story in a previous podcast. When it came down to it, my life, when I fell into hard times and I started, you know, kind of cataclysmically falling apart, um, all of that information that I had in my head, all that knowledge that I gained, all that training and education I had received didn't really help me. Mm. It didn't really help me because I didn't grow in other important ways. Mm-hmm. Even though my brain was full of information, 
uh, my heart wasn't full of strength, mm-hmm. and so I fell apart. So I came to appreciate through my own experience that a lot of book smarts doesn't really make me a smart person. Yeah. So you you know this, right? We've all heard about like dumb smart people. <laughs> Who are dumb smart people? These are people that have like lots of book smarts, but they're like prof- professorial and they can't tie their shoes, you know, or, or move a vacuum or pay their bills. <laughs> And so just because you have a lot of information, a lot of education doesn't mean you're smart. True. We want to be about being smart, right, Ben? Yeah. And I think you bring up a really good point that there's different types of learning. Mm -hmm. And I think the four dimensions illustrates this really well. There's a relational type of learning of how to do relationships well Mm. and how to be present for others, how to to be in good friendships. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are things that are learned. We often don't think about it that way. We... We assume that we will know how to have a good friendship. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things to learn about friendships. Right. You know, and then there's a, an emotional type of learning as well. Mm-hmm. You know, how to, how to have a healthy emotional mm-hmm. life. You know, my son came into the garage the other night. I was, I was doing some work, and he walks out, and he goes, Dad, what's the purpose of emotions? Mm-hmm. And I looked right at him, and I said, I thought for a second, and I go, well, the purpose of emotions is to help us experience life. Mm-hmm. It right, brings color and depth. Mm-hmm. If we were just facts and running around with our thoughts, right. I mean, life would be very dull. Okay, so so you're saying there's emotional smarts. Yeah, there's emotional learning. I think there's relational learning. There's yeah. obviously intellect. Mm-hmm. But then there's also the, the vocational piece, mm-hmm. understanding what it is that you're designed to do mm-hmm. and how to translate everything that you have in relationship and friendship and your mm-hmm. emotional life into active life, mm-hmm. uh, into your vocation, your work, mm-hmm. uh, what it is that you feel you're drawing the most purpose from. Right. So I think there's these different facets of how we learn, but it often gets categorized primarily to academics. Right. When we hear the term learning, we go to academics or mm-hmm. we go to education. Because mm-hmm. I like you. I mean, I, I went to great universities and I have a master's degree and, and all those things. And I did it a very unconventional way, which I do most things <laughs> anyway. But the most important things, when you use the term awareness, I think that is a critical term for our mm-hmm. listeners to understand. Because mm-hmm. uh, when I talk to folks, a lot of times you can tell how aware are they really of how they deal with their emotions mm-hmm. or how they are in relationship with others. Right. Are they aware of these things? Mm-hmm. You know, for our listeners out there who might be therapists, don't, you know, criticize me for this. But I think most people need to go to therapy when they're unaware. Mm-hmm. The moment you become yeah. aware. Yeah. Then it's a learning process, and it's right. kind of a coaching process. I don't know. Right. What do you think about that? Yeah. Um, so there, there's a term that you might be familiar with, or you've heard kind of slung around a lot recently, and it gets a lot of attention, and it should. It's called emotional intelligence. Yeah. So they refer to it as EI or EQ. So emotional quotient or emotional intelligence. And so it has become a metric now that they're using to really guide someone's intelligence. And it's more than just psychological or mental intelligence. Mm. It is emotional and it's relational. So, you know, in emotional intelligence, just a couple things about this. Uh, What they say is that emotional intelligence comes down to two things, self-awareness and relational or others' awareness. Mm. It's your ability to interpret and understand how you're feeling about things and your ability also to gauge how other people are feeling about things. Mm -hmm. So it's about reading the temperature in the room. It's about gauging the vibes among people. It's about all of the in-between stuff. And so there are a lot of like really, really smart or intelligent CEOs out there 
who have very toxic work environments and their teams despise them and they're horrible and their businesses are falling apart because they lack emotional intelligence. Yes. So we do care a lot here about emotional intelligence and we believe that that's also being smart. So emotional intelligence is relational awareness, it is self-awareness. And I, I, I wanna read something to you that I, I found uh, a while ago in the difference between you know um, awareness and knowledge. And it comes from an author named Brennan Manning, uh, who once said this in one of his books. He said, I believe that the real difference in America is not between conservatives and liberals, fundamentalists and charismatics, Republicans and Democrats. The real difference is between the aware and the unaware. Yeah. So I, what do you think about that, Ben? I think that you, know, you said a lot of stuff there, yeah. but I, I think when you surface the idea of uh, emotional intelligence, particularly of being aware socially of what's going on around you with others and in the room, mm-hmm. this can be incredibly problematic today. Mm-hmm. You know, we are in a, vi- a very hyper individualized society, which is funny because as much as everything is personalized and tailored to the person, we're experiencing a uh, epidemic levels of loneliness. Mm-hmm. Right, so people are being in a sense, indoctrinated to be about self, right. right? To be focused on self and the individual and your own personal happiness and all of these different things, becoming the best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. We talked a little bit about mm-hmm. that terminology in the first episode, mm-hmm. and we'll we'll visit it more, but the, the reality is that we're so indoctrinated, I think, in, in, as a culture to be focused on self mm-hmm. that it can be difficult to get outside of ourselves and go, what's going on around me? Right. And that level of awareness is really, really important. We're also seeing more and more corporations who are valuing people who have relational skills, mm-hmm. almost hiring for that purpose mm-hmm. when they come in because they know how to interact with others. Right. And that's a critical thing that needs to happen today. There's many people who are concerned about next generation, mm-hmm. you know, and the effects of technology and what's going on in the lives of people and can mm-hmm. they still interact. Mm-hmm. And so this is, uh, I think, one, we will talk more about this over time, but an incredibly important issue when it comes to awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's two kinds of people, the aware and the unaware, as Brendan Manning said. <laughs> and I, I agree with that. And it's like, that's the distinctive factor. And I think when it comes to success in this life, no matter what you do, no matter where you go, I think this is gonna be the basic factor is whether you have, number one, you do have self-awareness. And that doesn't mean just simply thinking about yourself, but also interpreting what you're feeling toward others. And be sure. able to cope and deal with those things. So a lot of these personal skills are also relational skills. Because if you feel this stuff, maybe others feel it too. And so we all know dense people, you know, the, the emotionally dense people who just, they, they, they have emotional depth of a thimble, <laughs> right? And so the, they could walk into a room and people could be like really ticked off and things could be really sideways and they don't notice or care. And we all know people like that. And those mm. are the people that are gonna fail. Like those are the people that aren't gonna succeed in this life. And so the tide is turning, the pendulum is swinging and corporations, organizations, churches, all these places in the world today are really looking for this. In fact, you will probably find in almost every job description, especially at the executive level, a desire for, as mm. you said, relational skills, emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. And that's the lacking factor. And so just graduating from Harvard or Stanford and having some fancy degree is not going to really, it may get you in the door, but it's not going to help you succeed. Then it's all about what you do. And what you do is really about who you are. Are you able to understand relationally how to get along with others? Are you able to 
to really draw out the best of other people? Are you able to work as a teammate? Are you right. able to build a team that functions well? And so the reality is that success of organizations and, and corporations is built on the strength of its people. And even if the, the guy or the gal at the top is super intelligent and really good at what they do, if they don't have their team with them and they're not getting the best out of them, that organization will not thrive. Yeah, and there's a, a professor at Stanford. I think he's the head of the business school. Hopefully I'll get the pronunciation of his last name right. It's Jeffrey Pfeffer, I think is how you pronounce his name. And he's been writing to this a lot. He's been calling out CEOs. He's been calling out companies for the environments that they're creating and how it's killing people. Mm -hmm. You know, there's just not something that's, as we would say, feeding the soul in a lot of these environments where people are going to work every day and interacting with others. I mean, you use, you use success and failure, or we, you used uh, the term of success and us mm -hmm. looking at that, that issue is like, what does it mean to succeed today? Mm -hmm. Is it, and, and people have said this for a long time. Is it is it just climbing the ladder and acquiring and achieving? Well, when you get to the end, what do you have? What's left? Mm -hmm. Is it your friendships and relationships, or is it just mm -hmm. your acquisition and your or your achieved mm -hmm. ambitions right. and things like that? Do those really feed the soul? Do they help you get to a point and experience life and go, wow, that was valuable to live that way? Yeah. I think a lot of people find out that it's maybe not as valuable, but they find out too late. Well, they do. And and, and I, we've all heard the stories about the, the guys and the gals who get to the end of their lives at their deathbed. And what is their regret? Like their big regret. It's, it's not, you know, spending more time at the office, making more money, having more stuff. Yeah. It's the relationships. Yeah. I didn't spend more time with my kids. I didn't get to know my neighbors. My family fell apart. I don't have any real friends. And I will say this in my own experience. When my life caved in, um, and I have to own this, um, when everything fell apart for me and, my, and I fell into depression and I lost everything, I feel like, um, I, I, I looked around and I didn't feel like I had many people in my life. Mm -hmm. And I wonder where all the so-called consumers went. Like, where, where, where is everybody? Where are my friends? <laughs> and I realized, you know what? I need to own the fact that I didn't invest relationally. So I have to own the fact that I was, I felt very much alone in my own pain because I had treated a lot of relationships transactionally. So mm -hmm. it, it really was the fact that, you know, I, I do something for you, do something for me. And that's kind of the world I grew up in is sort yeah. of what I learned. And that's not healthy relationships. And so I was heading down that road mm -hmm. where I, I had, you know, big organization I was leading and people I was working with and I had huge opportunities and, um, I, I felt like I was going down that road and I would have ended up in that place where I'd have regrets relationally. Yeah. Now, in a new life, in a recalibrated life, I value relationships. And so relational connection to me is way more important than money or stuff or notoriety or opportunity. So I'm with you on this. Like I really mm -hmm. feel like at the end of our lives, you know, things become very simple. And we, we actually, in wisdom, learn as we grow that life is all about relationship. And so I think as we get older, we realize the emphasis needs to be on that. It needs to be on relational awareness, on understanding other people, investing in them so they'll invest back in you. It's being a friend so they'll be a friend to you. So, yeah. Ben, you've you and I have talked about this. Yeah, and, sure. And, I mean, you, you've you asked me a couple times, like, why'd you do that? And I said, well, I, I want to be a friend because I got to be a friend to have a friend. Right. So I, I really think this awareness issue is what learning is all about. Learning is holistically in all the categories, and we name four of them, emotional, relational, intellectual, and vocational. It's about 
learning and connecting and integrating all this information into real life activity and specifically into the relationships we have around us. Yeah. And you, I think using your story, you, you said, uh, where did all the consumers go? And I think we live in a society that is, it's about fans and followers. Mm -hmm. Fans and followers are consumers, right? They're not friends. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really, really important thing for, for people to understand and for us to get is having a true friend Mm -hmm. is not having a fan. Right. Like Wait, might, so hold on there. You're, you're saying that my friends on Facebook aren't all my friends? <laughs> what? Well, do you still use Facebook? I, I do. I'm one of the old people that, <laughs> or that's Instagram, still on Facebook. Right? The Instagram seems to be the thing, you know, and everybody <laughs> wants to get followers and, yeah. you know, develop these things or a YouTube channel or YouTube followers and establishing all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It's because we consume media. Right. And media right. comes from people, right? So fans... Fans are not friends necessarily. Mm-hmm. They're consumers. They really are. Right. And so I think you make a really important point by stating that, even illustrating it by your own story, mm-hmm. especially the role that you were in and, and what you did. You could acquire followers and fans really easily. Mm-hmm. They like your teaching. They mm-hmm. think you're great. Right. You know, all that stuff. And then you turn around and say, like, well, where are they? Yeah. Where Where is that person that I can lean on, that person yeah. I can talk to? I'm facing an issue. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, I think to to summarize a lot of what we've talked about from my perspective is, you know, this is a this is a learning process mm-hmm. in multiple different facets. Right. And we've got to be attentive to all of them. Yeah. Yeah, let me sort of uh, I have one more quote I want to share with you from a guy named David Foster Wallace who actually I believe took his life. Um, but he gave a, a really powerful speech at Kenyon College at the commencement back in 2005 and he said he said this. He said the real value of a real education has almost nothing to do with knowledge and everything to do with simple awareness. Awareness of what is so real and essential, so hidden in plain sight all around us, all the time, that we have to keep reminding ourselves over and over. And I love those words because he's reiterating this fact that learning is awareness. It's becoming more aware as a human being, more aware and growing internally, not just externally or mentally but becoming more aware of our environment, more aware of other people, more aware of our own experiences and and the ability to interpret and integrate those things. So learning is changing. Education is changing. It it really is moving away from just a singular concept of retaining information out of books. And it's moving into experiential learning and education. And that's really what we're about at the Love and Transformation Institute. We are all about learning, understanding, integrating. And so everything that we're going to talk about in in the many podcasts to come is going to be about this kind of learning. And we wanted to clarify that early on. So as you come along with us, growth junkies, we speak the same language. What do we mean when we say learning? We're not talking about sitting in a classroom and just absorbing information. We're talking about living it out. So that's what we mean by all this. And so we just want to thank you for joining us on this podcast. Uh, It's a good start, I think, as we learn more about this whole process of education and learning. And we just wanted to let you know you can find more about us at loveandtransformation.org. We are the Love and Transformation Institute. Um, I am Kent Delhuse. My co-host is Ben Boast. Uh, The book that we're kind of working through and going to be talking a lot about is called The Four Dimensions of Human Health. It is available on Amazon if you want to get yourself one and follow along. Uh, We hope it could be really transformational for you. So thanks for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you in our next podcast.